Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It's the Cheltenham Festival. It's what the season's been building up to. I can't wait. Neither can James Watson. No, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this day one. Uh, the first of obviously four days. Uh, and probably the, the, the sort of, almost, I don't want to say the best day because it isn't day one. But it's the best quality of racing on, on the first day. And uh, we've got a good guest to take us through the car. Yeah, our good friend from Rating the Races, Liam, dies here to go through it with us again today. How are you, Liam? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to Cheltenham. Um, right now, it you know it needs to be just just turn up now. I want Cheltenham tomorrow. Um, hate the, I hate the last couple of weeks up in the lead up to Cheltenham. It's like when's it coming? When's it coming? It's now. It's now. Let's go. So yeah, this these for the last two weeks I don't actually enjoy, um, but looking forward to it. Should be good. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to take you through all the races on the Tuesday of the meeting in less than three and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> no, and I'll tell you what, well, it's great to have Liam back for us as well. I, I, I messaged Liam about two days ago at midnight, writing a preview, and I thought, I, I was stuck on well. I was I was stuck a little bit. I couldn't remember whether I, whether I was making something up. I messaged Liam asking him whether another horse other than Concertista had ran for the first time uh, over hurdles at the Cheltenham Festival and Liam within five seconds straight back there Berkshire Royal last year the man is unbelievably knowledgeable and I'm absolutely buzzing to have him back on with us and speaking of the Supreme that's what we'll start with how convenient we'll start with the first race of the meeting uh, appreciate it 13 to 8 Fav to the Metier at 6 to 1 13 to 2 Bally Adam 8 Soaring Glory Bob Ollinger's 12 but he goes Ballymore Blue Lord is told we don't know where he goes. He's in handicaps. 16's the real deal. And then you're looking at 20's for third time lucky, irascible, bareback jack and ganapafe. Uh, Liam, I'll throw this over to you first. You just tweeted, you quite like the devil's coachman who's literally been ruled out 20 minutes ago. I was absolutely gutted for that. I, I've been looking at something away from the favourites in quite a few of the races and I thought I'd found an angle on the devil's coachman I was looking on on a website and noticed that the odds had changed. Um, they'd disappeared just all of a sudden. They'd just gone to SP, and I'm like, don't know what that's about. So I went onto Twitter, typed in the Devil's Coachman, and it's all over it. You know, Noel Mead says he's not going. Like, oh, well, that ruins that then. So that's a terrible start. Um, I did go and find something else at a bigger price, um, but we can come back to that in a bit. Um, yeah, I'm... Um, I, I, it's a terrible way to start a Cheltenham preview with a horse that isn't running. <laughs> <laughs> it's only goes downhill from here as well. Uh, what do you make of Appreciate It, the favourite, Liam? I think he's very, very, very solid. I've uh, So I've got a bet on Appreciate It, 12 to 1, in the Albert Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he finished second last year in the bumper, I was like, the only reason he's been beaten is he didn't have the pace of the other horses, he was ridden forward, all the others that picked him up, or Fernie Hollow picked him up, and the, the others that came near him, um, they were all ridden at the back of the field, and I'm like, they clearly know he needs further, so I took a gamble, it was like, Ballymore, Albert Bartlett, I went, I think he, he needs all of the Albert Bartlett trip, he went and won at Cork, I'm like, oh, okay, that's two mile, but maybe, you know, it was an easy race, it was one to 12, surely they'll step him up next time, it didn't happen, he went and won the future champions. 
he went and won the Chanel Farmer. I'm like, well, he's definitely not going for the Albert Bartley, obviously. But for me, I think that just demonstrates his class, that if I'm right that he has the stamina, but he also has the speed. Yeah, he is. It's boring. He's going to be very tough to beat. The only thing I could say potentially is he's seven. Um, I think the last seven-year-old to win it was Captain CB. Just wonder whether he's almost, although he's only had the seven runs, whether he's had a little bit more time to grow and maybe not has reached his peak already, but others could still be improving behind him and may be able to get closer. Um, you know, like last year, he went off 15-8 to 8 for the bumper. You thought, yeah, 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 he's, he's going to win that, and he didn't. So as rock-solid as his form is, is there something that we could find to get him beat with? That would be that would be my play into the race now, um, because I got the wrong race for appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I can see exactly why you why you thought Albert Battler. And if I'm honest, I I think if you put appreciate it in any of the three, children of his hurdles, he'd be favourite, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. If, on what he's done, even over two miles, I still think he'd be a very very solid favourite uh, for the Albert Battler. Jim, what do you make of him? I, I'm I'm in agreement. I think he's rock solid. Uh, I think um, I I thought similar, but I thought maybe not Albert Bartlett, maybe Ballymore. Uh, but this season over hurdles, he's, he's really proved that two miles he's uh, he's still very classy at, and I'd expect him to be quite prominently ridden. Looking at the pace in the race, I don't think there's an awful lot that's there. Um, the only other horse that I really thought I'd lie with the speed would be Bearback Jack, who was quite disappointing the other day. The, sort of the other runners I don't really see pushing him along, which makes me think he could get a fairly easy lead in front and he could dictate and be very hard to get past. Um, I, I genuinely think he is very, very solid and I still think there's still a bit of juice in... I think there's still a bit of 13 to 8 around, which and I think, if, if he can still get that, I still think he's a cracking bet. Um, in behind, I think there's some that need to step up, but I certainly... Uh, expect that they might be able to but I don't think they'll be able to be as good as appreciated as been this season I agree with that mate and I think he might be my nap of the first day appreciate it I, I understand why the market is how it is with him because he is a horse who does look like he should be better at other things which means obviously people are going to want to find an out and out two miler and I could see that angle if there was an abacadabra type of horse in here. But I don't think any of them are. Mid- Metier was middle distance on the flat. Bally Adam rewatched the Royal Bond. Uh, looks like he needs further. When he got beat by Appreciate It last time out, the idea that Bally Adam's a little bit pacier than him, I don't buy. Bally Adam got to within a length of Appreciate It. He made up ground, and then Appreciate It cleared away again. Soaring glory. Very, very impressive last time in the Betfair, but that was a handicap win off 1-3-3. And I, I get the feeling that public opinion might start to side with Appreciate It a little bit again. Uh, just the sort of vibes I'm picking up from racing Twitter at the minute are just kind of that people are coming round to the idea that actually he's very solid once again. Because for the last two or three weeks, everyone seems to be really, really negative about him, which I can, look, I can understand why you, you'd want to get him beat. But, like I said, I don't think the horse that is there to beat him 
exists yet. I, I take Liam's point about him being seven, but again, part of the reason why seven-year-olds have such a poor record in the race is that they have all been dross. The, you know, the shortest priced seven-year-old to run in the Supreme in the last decades was Prospect Wells. He was 14 to one. Everything else was 25 to one or bigger. You know, they, they've just been a very, very poor bunch. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 I think I think he's very, very solid. I think he will take it up, and I think he'll be bloody hard to peg back. Uh, speaking of Metier and Bally Adam, what do you make of the pair of them, Liam? Metier was impressive in the Tolworth, um, but he only beat handicappers, really. Um, Bally Adams, you know, he's had a couple of goes, I think, against Appreciate It. He he got within, uh, I think, as you said, about a length, but then Appreciate It pulled away again in, at the finish in the Chanel Farmer. Um, I know they they really raved about him. Um, for me, I, I don't I don't see I don't know who can be appreciate it that he's taken on. I don't see any angles to um, any of those to beat him. I don't really see any angles from the British contingent to beat him. You said you know there isn't a horse at the moment that could beat him, which kind of leads me on to one that's interesting potentially. Um, Rayapore. Why has Willie Mullins and the McNeil family left him in? He's still in the Supreme. If you look at Twitter and when they've been asked, you know, where is he? Oh, he's with Willie Mullins. He's doing all right. You know, things are fine. He's entered at Cheltenham. They're not really saying too much. Just don't. Willie Mullins can do that. Um, he could well run it and it, it could be moderate. Just got a feeling it might be a bit better than the moderate. I don't know how good. I'd... Would it, would I be saying, oh, it's going to be appreciated? Absolutely not. It's from France. I don't have too much details about the form. He was. It was a, a good race that he ran in last time, a listed event. Um, it's just interesting that they've been prepared to leave him in the Supreme Novice and not just go, we're going to win a maiden somewhere at Cork or somewhere like that. Um, that's the only slight angle I have now against if you wanted to find something at a bigger price, really. That's a very, very fascinating shout, Liam. Rea Paul rated 97 on the flight in France for Alenda Royal Dupre and the Aga Khan. As, as Liam said, last, his last start was in a listed race at Vichy. finished second there by three quarters of a length. So, yeah, very, very... Well, a, an above-average animal on the flat. Uh Jim, you've already spoken briefly about Metier, Bally Adam and Soaring Glory. Uh, if you were to take appreciate on, who would it be with? Um, I, I think this race sort of depends around Blue Lord. I, I, I'm hoping he sort of goes for this. Um, I'm a, I, I've been a fan of him and I backed him for the Ballymore. And I, I'm not sure it, at this stage of his career he wants that far just yet. Um However, I, I think it'd be better for him to go with this because I, I do find most years that for Supreme, you normally need to stay a fair enough amount of distance. And um, Mike, that Lollers of Nace second to Bob Ollinger, he was very, very keen and he was jumping like a chaser. And I was quite disappointed with how he went in that. And he looked very green and ungenuine. And then he took a step forward last time behind Appreciate It. Um, was well, I didn't really see a lot of the races looking back at it on the replays because the camera angles were all over the shop but he was towards the rear and all of a sudden he just made a load of progress and he was third and I think 
at twelves, if he goes here, I think he's a better price than Bally Adam personally because I know that he'll get up that hill stronger than Bally Adam. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Blue Lord to run in the county if he were mine, but I could see why you'd be looking at him from an each way angle here if you were to come. Look, I'm I'm very very boring in this, but if appreciate it doesn't win, I think Metier will. Uh, I'm generally massively sceptical of every Tolworth that's that's ran. The last two renewals have been bad. Uh, this year's renewal was bad, but I think he's a better horse and further on the roof, or at least you do not, Metier. He had nothing to beat, really, did he? But. It, it, you know, it was absolutely facile. His two starts prior to that were well above average as well. He is, he's a good horse on the flat. He's he's probably going to be at least a one a one four six one four seven horse, and that might not be too much away from what it takes to make the frame here. He's he's, he's actually got an all hour of one four nine. So even I think he's he probably already his form. You know, he's, he's similar enough to what I reckon it is. So if he steps on from that, five pounds puts him in the middle on 50s. That might be good enough to finish second here. You know, looking down the field, nothing really interests me. I was half keen on bareback Jack as maybe an each way price, but as Jim mentioned, blew out yesterday. Uh, about Keskin Risk, very, very small stakes. I think it were a £2 free bet actually at the start of the season uh, to win this race at 50s because I really enjoyed what he did when he won his bumper at Fairy House last season. He was third to appreciate it at Christmas. Maybe a little bit underrated in the betting at 25, but he was done fair and square that day. He looked a little bit outpaced as well. Nice horse in time, but maybe uh, not quite for next week. Look, the fact that I'm kind of struggling to put up anything up, interesting at a price probably just suggests to me I think appreciate it goes and wins uh, and I think he's still a decent price I, I think he's likely to win the, to the 13 to 8 suggests uh, Jim your summary mate I think appreciate it takes all the beating uh, I hope Blue Lord goes to here um, and there's another Mullins horse I'll just give a brief mention to that I think it's interesting MC Muldoon he's about 66s I liked what he did last time. He kept on really well, and he were a decent horse on the flat for um, for Peter Chapelheim. Sometimes a bit ungenuine, didn't necessarily like coming out of the stalls, but he had decent form, rated uh, a top rating of a hundred on the flat. And I, I don't think he's a bad horse. And maybe sixty sixes right now could be a, an interesting price. But I, I think appreciate it is is going to take all the beating, and I. 13 to 8 is an even better price. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. MC will do running the voltage during his flat days. Not a poor horse at all. And for you, Liam? Yeah, it's it's boring. Appreciate it does take all the beating here. Um, I'll just be interested if Rayapur does get declared for this race. Um, maybe he's a bit better than some of the others that are currently in against Appreciate it. But yeah, appreciate it. It's going to take all of the, the beating here. How very unshrewd of us all. Mm-hmm. As, as we move on to the <laughs> 155, the Sporting Life Arkle Challenge Trophy. What a race this looks on paper. They bet best prices 5 to 6 Shishkin to beat Inerzimine at 2 to 1. 13 to 2, All Mankind. 16, Sky Pirate, Franco de Port, Captain Guinness. And 20s, Black Bow and Fusel Raffles. 
25 to 1 bar then. Jim, I'll come to you with it first here. What a race is this is on paper? A match race or a three-way go or a one-horse race? I think I think it will be a three-way go. I, I, th- I think you'd be pretty stupid to rule out all mankind. He may be there to sort of help tug the other two along. Uh, but I think Shishkin has, has shown a lot more form than Ergamine, but we've, we've seen him more times, so obviously that would happen. Um, only beating the once over hurdles when he, when he fell, and he's jumped for fun on his three starts uh, over fences, and a combined total of 44 lengths in all of them. Uh, he's yet to really make a mistake. I haven't seen any resemblance of any sort of error. Uh, he seems to step over them like they're not even there. And I, th- I think the race may set up for him. I, I-, I can see all mankind setting off at a pace. And Ergamine will probably sit and track. And uh, Shishkin will be midfield stalking uh, an Ergamine, I'm-, I'm presuming. He might need a couple of slaps down the neck. Because we know that he stays a bit further. And I-, I think he's a horse that warms up the more he gets onto the race. So I think he might need a bit of encouraging along. So I wouldn't be too panicky if he was down the back straight. Nico was just shaking the reins a bit because I I, I knew I'll know that he'll come home strongly. Uh, we saw that last year in the Supreme. He absolutely bolted up that hill uh, to Nab- Abacadabras. I really think this race will suit him. The men in white coats are coming to pick me up as I, as I think Captain Guinness um, might might sort of be better in, in, a, in a race like this. It's going to be a well-run two miles, and, and this is what I think he wants. Uh, he was in the process of running a really nice race at Cheltenham when he was brought down last year, and I, I think there's more to come from him, if I'm being honest. He has been a bit hit and miss this year, and he, a bit baby-like over his fence. He's made quite a few errors, but a good pace that's going to be set by all mankind might not give him enough time to respect his fences as much, and I think that if anything was to go wrong with the front three, he would be there to pick up the pieces to be in the placings. I think 16s is a, is a probably a price I'll be willing to take. I, I don't strongly fancy him. Uh, I'd rather have Shishkin, but uh, at a price, I like Captain Guinness, but out of the three at the head of the market, it's Shishkin all the way for me. Fair enough, Jim. I'll ask the same question to you, Liam. One horse race, two horse race, or freeway? I think this is a two-horse race between Shishkin and Energamine. I think Shishkin is the next Altior, so Energamine needs to be the next Shakan if he wants to be anywhere close to Shishkin. Um, I think Shishkin has everything um, in his corner. He jumps well, he stays well, which I think you need in, in this type of race. Um, I think he'll hit that not the it's it's almost like a flat spot a bit like Altior does, um, and be finishing up that hill really strongly. I think the race will get suit uh, set up for him. All mankind going forward. I think in Ergamine, I think he'll be right alongside all mankind, really trying to go with him as well. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Shishkin is is. I'd be more confident on Shishkin than I would have appreciated in the Supreme. Um, if if it does go wrong. I think the one who can take advantage is Franco Deport, because I think they're going to go so fast that he's just going to be weighted with right out of the back, not get involved whatsoever, let all mankind and Ergamine go forward. Shishkin, if he gets racing too early and it starts getting into, you know, they're really going for it, 
too early. Franco de Port be just slowly creeping into it, um, a bit like he did when he won at um, Leopardstown in December. Never involved until right at the finish when he when he swooped past them. But uh, I think Shishkin is really really good. Um, obviously, we've got Envoy Len later on in, in at Cheltenham. I think I'm more most excited about seeing Shishkin out of any horse at the Cheltenham Festival. Well, that's that's a major statement. Uh, uh, the other thing I was going to just ask you, Liam, Franco de Port, do you think he'll go for this or do you reckon he'll go for the marsh? Because we've seen that uh, he couldn't get the beating of Energamine last time. Maybe Willie Mullins might think, you know what, we'll, we'd rather chase home or chance our hand with Envoy Allen. I think from what I've read that they they are likely to go for the Arkle. Um, they said... Willie Mullins has come out and said, we're going to have one of each. We're going to have one right near the front and one right near the back. Um, so hopefully we cover the bases. Um, I don't think they'll get any closer to Envoy then as they would to Shishkin if, if Shishkin wins it. Um, so I think they'll go for the arc because I think they'll, they'll think it will go fast enough and it, he'll be able to creep through um, and run on late. But Obviously, Willie Mullins may well decide to go for the marsh. That's I think they'll go for the Arkle. That's fair enough. Uh, why don't you give a chance to Orban Kindly? Um, I I think he's he's very very good horse. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good horse. I don't think he's in the lev- the, the the same level as Shishkin and Energamine isn't too far behind. But I've got him behind, and then I've got a, a good few lengths back to. All Mankind and Franco de Port and Captain Guinness. Um, I think he's... His jumping, he can make a few mistakes. He won't be able to here. Um, and I just think he's still a little bit... Not a nutcase. Um, he's still learning. Whereas I, th- I think he might be... May well be better even, even more uh, next year. Um, but... I just don't think he's quite in the in the same level as Shishkin and, and Energamine at the moment. That's very, very fair, mate. Uh, look, I, f- I think this is arguably the race of the meeting. I think the top three of the betting are all good enough to have won the last the last two renewals. I'd, I'd already have Al, Al Mankind as, able, as capable of beating Put the Kettle on or, or Duke de Genève. Uh, <laughs> you see, I'm not quite as certain as the rest of you. I do think Shishkin will win. But the presence of Inerjimin really, really unsettles me. He's just been so impressive this season. Navin was a really, really tidy race when he beat Captain Guinness, who looked like he was coming with a challenge. And as soon as he ranged up alongside Inerjimin, it was just, nope, by seeing a bit, danced up. The Irish, uh, the Irish Arkle, even more impressive. And he just extends and extends and extends. I'd really, really like this horse. Uh, but the fact that I'm, I've been on several anti-posts with Shishkin means I really don't like him. And he unsettles me. Because uh, he's a genuine, genuine threat. I, you know, I'd have the pair of them as the two biggest threats to Shaq and Borsois if they were to put if they, if they were to be thrown in the champion chase. I think that's how good the pair of them are. Uh, and Energy means jumping. He does go the wrong way for Cheltenham, and I'm not sure whether that might just see him lose lengths here and there. 
But he will. He should get first run on Shishkin, based on how they're ridden. You know, like like you said, Liam. You know, Shishkin can hit his his flat spot in an Altior esque manner. Whether that'd be the time where Inerjmi needs to try and kick and try and put the distance between himself and Shishkin, and and have the lengths already there as Shishkin's trying to close, and hopefully for Willie Mullins' point of view, that might be enough to see Inerjmi in over the line. Shishkin is probably overall has a little bit less to prove in terms of suitability for the track and jumping. You know, of, it's hard, you can't really say any failures with Shishkin jumping. Inerjmi does go out uh, one way. But Inerjmi's overall form, I think, is is stronger though over over fences. I think there's really, really little between the pair of them. All mankind should finish third. He'll make sure it's a really, really well-run test. Potentially even setting it up for Shishkin. Uh, you know that should play to his strengths. Really having a stamina test at two miles, I think Shishkin would have no problem getting two and a half. Uh, and I once backed the fourth favourite for the Arkle for a Kim Muir. <laughs> that might never happen again. Good old Sky Pirate. Uh, I, I, I half agree with what you said about Captain Guinness, Jim. Uh, but there are, surely at some point we have to stop saying, oh, he's still a bit babyish and say, well, you've had enough chances, you should know by now. He's only six. There's plenty of time to go with him yet. I know, but... He, he, I, I don't think he's ungenuine, but if you, if you look at the performance against the Nergemine, uh at Navan. Sorry, at Nace it was. <sighs> I, I felt like he was he was travelling better than he finished the race off. You know, and I know that was on that was on very bad ground, but he had won the start prior to that on bad ground. I can, I can see why he's sixteen to one because I don't think there's too much else you can kind of put up at an each way price. I I take Liam's point about Franco Depot. If he were mine I'd be going Marsh. But I can see I can see why the race may set up for him. Uh oh this is kind of academic though to be fair. Shishkin but not by as far as everyone else thinks for me. <laughs> Shishkin under a length then. Uh God that'll be that'll be a horrible watch if it is mate. <laughs> I'll be hiding that back tell her if it's less. I don't want to see Shishkin within a length away of inertia. you know I don't want to see him any further than a length away the entire race <laughs> you know it, it scares me Jim by, by two o'clock the whole of everyone's Cheltenham's anti-post accumulators could be ruined he <laughs> scares me mate he utterly scares me uh, Shishkin for you as well Liam Shishkin for me yeah Does he win the champion chase next year? Shishkin? Yes. Yes. Oh. No, because he'll run in the Ryanair. Oh, Jim, don't say that. That's the worst thing anyone's ever said on this podcast. Uh, moving on from that dark thought. Uh, the festival trophy, the Ultima. The first handicap of the meeting. Three-mile handicap chase. They currently bet six to one. Happy go lucky. Seven's Ascaria, ten and Lieutenant Rocco. Eight's Coco Beach, who apparently stays at home for the Irish National. Ten's Remastered and Far Class. Twelve's I Right, one for the team. Then you're looking at 14's for Sam Brown, 
Run Wild Fred, who's far for the Kim Muir, and discordantly, 16 to 1 bar them. Liam, I'll come to you first. Tough one to solve without even the uh, five day decks here, mate. Where are you leaning at this stage? With the handicaps, I think what, what tends to happen is the front of the market are like the, the new horses or the, the unexposed horses um, that could be well handicapped, but they might actually not be. Um, that people, you know, oh, he was second to a grade two winner, a subsequent grade two winner, or he was third to um, a horse who's gone and won a grade one. Now he's running in a handicap. And I try to stay away from those because I think they get, they're too short a price. Um, and when it comes to the hustle and bustle of the Cheltenham Festival and the big handicaps, I you can see some of them that, that really disappoint. Happy-go-lucky towards the head of the market, you could say is not in that camp because he did finish fourth in the um, Martin Pipe last year. So he does have some Cheltenham form. But I've gone away from those. Um, I've got two. One's a, a bit bigger price and one's... Uh, an old boy that I think can run a really big race still. The first one is I right. His second, obviously, to cloth cap looks very good in the Hennessy. Or the Labrick Trophy, sorry. Um, his second last time to former Scottish national winner taking risks was a good effort. I believe Richard Johnson's meant to be riding. I think that's come out today that Richard Johnson's going to get the ride. No disrespect to Callum Bewley. Richard Johnson probably is maybe two or three pound improvement on that um and i think he's got everything you know he although he keeps running places i do think he's behind the right horses um granted he could finish behind the right horse again um one a, a much bigger price the old boy vintage clouds he's come down to a mark now that he can get competitive again i think he's finished second third and eighth in this race when he was eighth, he was off too high a mark. He was off one five one. Um, after winning the Peter Marsh, he went right up. He's now back down. They had a f- they've got a few in the race. They've got Cloth Cap. Uh, Trevor Hemmings is he's got Cloth Cap, but I don't think Cloth Cap will run now. He's got Lakeview Lad again. I don't think Lakeview Lad will run. So I think this will be his main runner in the race. Um, and I know he's eleven, but he's been there. He's done that. He's got the T-shirt, so to speak. You know, he's finished second. I think he's finished third. Um, and he was he ran okay last year for eighth in what I thought was actually a really hot Ultima last year. The the front four were the the right horses. Um, so yeah, I think I think Vintage Clouds is about twenty five to one. Just going back to Cheltenham, I think this has been the plan since they realised that Nationals are not his his game. That's very very interesting. I've uh, Vintage Files a horse I've never ever taken to, which is strange because he's the exact sort of horse on paper I should love. But I can see why you could potentially think he's well handicapped. I just always find him found him so untrustworthy. Think often that he, like he, like when he was placing the Ultima, and he's he's done the same when he's been placing the Scottish National. You know, does he just overtake beaten horses and plod on? And he never actually looks like winning races very often. You know what I mean? His, his place efforts tend to come as in arriving late on the scene rather than having looked likely to win a race or going down in a battle. But he's 25 to 1, and which is the biggest price he's been since here last season. He's generally a very, very well-supported horse, and I can completely see you thinking, Liam, even though 
I'm probably never back vintage clouds in my life. Uh, Jim, what about you, mate? I have the complete opposite view of Liam. I, I tend to be a fan of a novice uh, going into this race, and I'm a massive fan of Lieutenant Rocco. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I think that a lot of people who listen to this podcast will know that me and Lewis are a big fan of him. Um, had four chase starts varying from distances from two mile to three. And uh, since moving to current connections from being with Tizars last year, and he made a winning start over fences last time out of Foslas, and he made all over three miles, which was the first time he'd faced that over fences. And he jumps really, really well. Um, I, I, it's a, I, I'm not. Liam said that about novices in, in big fields, and I'm, I agree with him to that aspect. And, and the only time he has been in a big field was when he ran in the Albert Bartlett. But I just feel like he's getting better with each run. And it, as he's, I, I still think there's a bit of juice in his mark of 147. Um, I like a horse in the Ultimate to be fairly prominent, but not leading. I, I feel it's a race that you can often lose horses they seem to go off such a clip that it's almost just sometimes sets it up for the horses that just sit in behind I, I, I think a horse off the top of my head that I think I'd like for the race couple of years Big River he got lost in the race and popped up plodding on late on them sorts of horses I think struggle in this sort of race because I think Festival Fever gets to the pitch of the jockeys really and they, they go oh let's just go hell for leather lickety split and it sort of sets you up for the horses that just sitting behind. I think this is the sort of horse that could sort of put, like pounce on this. Um, and I know seven to one's fairly short for a handicap at this moment in time, but I think he is going to take all the beating in this race. So the only other horse that I like in this, and we've been saying me and Lewis, well, I think most people have for most of the season, he's one for the team and he's yet to win over fences. Was ran creditably in all these chase starts uh, in graded novices, and he's looked outpaced at most races, and uh, he's overjumped sometimes and, and lost a lot of momentum at his fences, which would need to be brushed brushed up a bit. I don't think the testing ground suited him of recently. I think he likes good rattling ground, which I'm presuming that's what it's going to be at Cheltenham. Um, the stable won this with Kustar Civiler, uh, also a novice, and uh, has had a very similar profile to him. Lacks Cheltenham form, which I, I am slightly wary of. Um, but this is the sort of race that I thought that one for the team will end up going for. So and, and I've got to give him a mention. I, I know that they're not the flashiest of prices, but I, I'm a massive fan of Lieutenant Rocco, and he's one of my main fancies for the festival. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that, Jim. Look, I'd, I really, really like this horse. I think there's still juice off 147. Liked him last season as a novice hurdler. Uh, he won his first two starts. Then they pitched him into the Albert Bartlett. They tried making the running with him that day. He's a big unit, a proper ex, you know, ex uh, Irish ex pointer. And he's just never really going to have the pace to sustain a sort of gallop from the front. He pulled up. Don't think the tactics were right that day. Looked like a horse to retain faith in, though, going chasing. And look, at the start of the season, I wrote I wrote a six-to-follow piece, and I put him in there and saying this might be one to win the National Hunt Chase. Uh, so, obviously, they started him off over two miles. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know what? He actually did rather well. You know, second behind Fusil Raffles at Cheltenham over two and a half. 
Then he ran a fine race. He was last of three in the Dipper, but that was one of them races where all three emerged creditably. He'd only beaten six six lengths or so by Mazir de Zobo. Stepped up to three miles, which is always going to be a more suitable trip on his handicap debut. He absolutely danced up at Foss last to beat Nesta Park and Welsh Saint. You know, that's a, they're reasonable enough yardsticks. I don't think uh, either of them have loads of scope for improvement, but we know just about where they are. Up to 147 now. Yeah, he danced up. He's one of my main handicap fancies of the week. I'd be surprised if he wasn't capable of being 150s plus over fences. I think he's a very, very, very smart animal. Uh, be interesting to see whether Remastered comes here. 146 could still be a workable mark after he won the Reynolds Town last time out. You know, three out of three over fences. Looks an out and out stayer. My initial reaction to that 146, even though. Admittedly, the Reynolds Town, you know, wasn't a very good renewal. Was I thought that looked lenient and workable. It's a strong stay, a sort of horse that'll be winning Welsh Nationals in a year or two's time if they want to go down that route, or at least, you know, going well in Hennessy's. So this looks like a, a more suitable test than the RSA if they want to go down here. Uh, nothing that particularly like at a price. Scorn Control... Caught the eye a little bit after he pulled up at Warwick. I was kind of hoping they might have eased him a little bit for that, but they haven't. He's still off one four two, which is the same mark as he was given after winning uh, at Cheltenham back back in December. Only won by a length, but he was value for more. He tried to throw it away on the running. Back to a more suitable trip, potentially still workable at, off one four two, but he is sixteen to one. It's not. You know, it's not the price of the century. Uh, Liam, I'll just throw it over to you because he's very prominent in the betting and we've not mentioned him yet. What do you make of Ascaria 10? He He's one of those horses that um, is unexposed and has the potential, for sure. I, I'm not sure what I made of his second last time out um, behind... Eclapterear, or I'm not totally sure how you say that. Um, he's just been he's been beaten too far for me in the beginner's chase that he also took. You know, I think he was beaten by um, Monkfish, and also he did run at Cheltenham last year and was actually quite well beaten. I would have liked to have seen him in terms of like Scaria Ten and Happy Go Lucky. Scaria Ten was way down the field. Happy Go Lucky was not too far behind. So if I had to pick out of those two, just those two, I'd be going happy-go-lucky over Iscaria 10 um, because I think that Cheltenham handicap form, big field, I wonder whether that's going to find Iscaria 10 out again. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I don't, I don't see him as a brawling type. You know, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from where I think happy-go-lucky will love a scrap if it comes to it. Don't quite get that impression from Ascaria 10 yet. And I, I agree with what you said about the Nace race. Well, it seems like it could be very, very strange form. Pencil full of lead was nowhere near his best. Eclat de Rio, very impressive and very likeable. But he's a hard enough horse to put an accurate mark on what he's done because he's been generally, other than at Nace beating inferior horses and his main rival at Nace, underperformed. Uh Jim, just the top to win the betting then. Happy go lucky in Iscaria ten for you, mate. Yeah, I, I like happy go lucky. I'm of the agreement, as you've already said, that 
Um, happy-go-lucky, I'd prefer a scrap in front of a scary ten. I do. I don't. I, I feel like he's a slightly weak finisher, a scary ten. I, I, I think I'd quite like him drop down in trip. Um, it's it's just something about his seeing out his races. I just have a slight worry about. Um, happy-go-lucky. This season has he's jumped all right in the main, but I, he's made a few errors in his couple of starts, and that's slightly worries worries me. Uh, whereas you look at Lieutenant Rocco, he has been nearly foot perfect in all his starts. That that's that's my only thought. But let's go with ten and happy go lucky aren't for me. So it's Lieutenant Rocco for you though, Jim. Yeah, it is. I'm siding with you, mate. I say he'd be. Close to my handicap map of the meeting. And for you, Liam? Just picking one selection, it'd be Vintage Clouds. Um, I think he's a good each way bet. Oh, love that. 25 to 1 if you want to follow in Liam there on Vintage Clouds as we move on to the feature race of Tuesday at Cheltenham. It's the 305, the Unibet Champion Hurdle Challenge Trophy. I'm being nice to the sponsors today. Uh, the bet best price is 9 to well, not best prices. Uh, Nine to four honeysuckle, seven to two epiton, fours Goshen, twelves abacadabras, fourteens silver streak and charge the same price quantities who goes to the mares, fourteen to one aspire tower, and twenties Bouverdere, Jason the militant, James de Burley, and thirty three to one bar them. What do you make of this year's champion hurdle? Stronger in Yule than last year? Yeah, I find it fascinating. Um, there's three horses at the head of the market that. You could all see running a fair enough race in certain occasions, but they've each got two of them have got questions to answer. Whereas one that is head of the market in Honeysuckle is fairly rock solid. Um, Episont was disappointing at Christmas behind Silver Street, just didn't seem to be right. Bit buzzy before the race and uh, didn't jump as efficiently as she normally does. And I'd be wary going straight back into this. Sometimes mares have an off day or whatever, um, but I'd just be wary that this is a hotter renewal than last year, her coming back into this. Uh, I know she won the race last year and, and she was impressive, but she, there's another mare on the scene now that's equally as good. And Honeysuckle, I, I really, really questioned her going back to two miles in that Irish champion hurdle. I thought early on in the season... Uh, when she just scraped home against Ronald Pump in the Hatton's Grace, I thought, is she, is she back to her? Is she as good as what we all thought she was last season? But she absolutely dominated at Leopardstown. Rachel kicked for home a fair way out. Um, as soon as she flew the second last, she was gone and away, and, and nothing could catch her. And it, 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 It's going to be a different style of race here. I think Cheltenham and Leopardstown are two quite opposite tracks, and she, she was... Impressive in what she did last year, and, and although everyone was saying she got the run of the race, I still think the best horse won on the day. I think there was plenty of time for Benny to get past her, and she just couldn't. And and for me, I, I think Honeysuckle deserves a place at the head of the market. Um, Goshen, although I was impressed with that performance last time, I, I'm wary. I, I, as much as I want him to do well, and, and I feel a, a slight bit sorry for him for all the criticism he's had I want him to run a good race here but I, I couldn't be having any of my own money on the, on him for this and I, I I was impressed but it still worries me his keenness and 
Uh, this is a better race than last time, and, and he will have to step up again, which certainly isn't out of the realms. But and I think Gorshin might struggle here again, which then opens it up to a, another one at a bigger price. And two horses that haven't really got enough respect, in my opinion. Uh, Aspire Tower, uh, who I think's run creditably, creditably in his two starts this year. He was second in the Triumph, and I know he was going to get absolutely smashed by um, Goshen last year. But the improvement on the first start in the WKD hurdle behind uh, beating Abacadabras and Jason the Militant, that form's been boosted since. I thought, to, I, I like the fact that a five-year-old gets a plenty of time over his career, over his second season of hurdling, uh, going from his juvenile career, because I find that they can... They've had such a busy three-year-old career that then they don't have enough time off to develop as a as a hurdler, and and that's what Henry's done with him this year. And I th- I think that second to Shardy was plenty of credit. Uh, that's his sort of race, isn't it? Where he's won it in the last couple of years, and also I can see him going fairly forward. I I think it could be a hot race on on the front end. Uh, Goshen asked by a tower, not so sleepy. Jason the militant is the pace angle really in this, um, which. And Silver Streak is going to be sat on the tails with Honeysuckle, which could set it up for something towards the back of the field in, in your Charger. And the only negative about Charger going into this, we saw we saw him run so creditably behind Epitone last year, is that he won't have Patrick Mullins on him this year, which is a, a, a slight worry. Um, but the fast tempo will suit Charger, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, but Honeysuckle will be very difficult to beat. I've got a feeling there might be Aspire Tower might run on for a place and I'm sure there'll be four or five places on the day because I think this might be a fairly deep field um, but I'm a massive fan of Honeysuckle and I hope she goes and hoses up here Interesting mate I agree completely with what you said about the pace angle uh, Liam what about you mate it's, it's going to be a good race this year from looking a little bit boring just before Christmas it's going to be fun I think this is going to be a great race. Um, I thought it, it mentioned Rachel Blackmore kicking on um, aboard Honeysuckle at Leopardstown. I thought that was a, a perfect ride. Dropping in trip and she knew, you know, she stays further, Honeysuckle, let's go for it. Let's make sure that they don't, you know, they're nowhere near us. I think that might change a little bit at Cheltenham. There's going to be a few more horses uh, and jockeys particularly going, we cannot let Honeysuckle get away. If we do, we won't bring her, we won't peck her back. Um, so I, I think the, there's going to be pace in the race in terms of who's going forward, but I think they're also going to be making sure nobody gets away too easily. So I think they're going to go really fast. I think this could be a, a really, really strongly run champion hurdle. Um, Charger is obviously definitely interesting in, in that sense. I still, uh, I said it at the beginning of the season, I'm still sticking with him. I like Abacadabras in this. I think he wants that really strong pace. He's got super Cheltenham form. He's only been beaten by four horses at Cheltenham. Shishkin, Envoy Allen, Time Hill and Blue Sari. If you take Blue Sari out and just name the other three, that's, you know, all three of them at Cheltenham have beaten him. OK, um, they've beaten him. But I think the way this race is going to be run, he just wants to be dropped on the line. Um, so he could be he would be my each way selection in the race. But I think this is going to be one hell of a race, and it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, with a horse like Honeysuckle, so often you see horses dropping back in trip, 
And then I don't think the jockeys really make use of their stamina and the, 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 they know that they will stay and, you know, they can go early. But I thought the way Rachel did it at Leopardstown, really, I've always been a fan of Rachel Blackmore, but that really um, boosted my thoughts on her. I thought that was, she's got a, a, a brain on her in terms of when to go. Um, and she, you know, she may well have just, it may have been her that actually won the race last year in the in the mayors rather than i think it was um was it townend and townend power, power yeah that rather than they lost it she won it um so i think this is going to be a really fascinating race to actually watch and watch back to see who went where and when um and which jockeys i, I think the jockeys may well decide it just as much as the horse yeah that's a very very fair Way to see the race. To say that there, there are three at the top of the market who are uh, quite detached from the rest of the the field in terms of prices. You know, you're going nine to four honeysuckle, seven to two epiton, four to one Goshen. I think the way the race pans out is likely to pan out makes it impossible for them to be the first three home. You know what I mean? Which makes it an interesting race to bet each way in. Honeysuckle beat Abacadabras by 10 lengths last time, Liam. So do you think the pace angle is enough to make that up, combined with the Cheltenham factor? I think the way that the others, I think the others in the race are going to make sure that Honeysuckle isn't going clear and they're going to get racing a little bit earlier. Um, I do really, really like Cheltenham Festival form just as much, you know, more than just Cheltenham form, but Cheltenham Festival form. I don't think he's, I think he's going to finish closer to Honeysuckle. I don't know whether he can turn it around, but I think some of the others won't be suited as much Epiton and Goshen by lots of them going and, and trying and um, and really making it such a, a strongly run race. I think that will suit Honeysuckle, but not necessarily Epiton and Goshen as much. So they would be the ones I think may drop back and Abacadabras can be can be picking them up. Fair enough, mate. You've just mentioned Epiton and Goshen. Give them a chance. Uh, I don't... Uh, it, honeysuckle, for me, is better than Epiton. Goshen, I think, could end up falling away because of how the race is going to be run. Um, but both of them are very good horses. I'm not totally sure on the last run of, of Goshen, to be honest. Song for Someone was completely flat didn't run his race the rest of them were just handicappers is that i know he won by 22 lengths on you know absolutely cruised it i would want to have seen a bit better from something behind to suggest that that was a proper race for him um and yeah i'm just not sure on epiton i know she was very impressive last year in the champion hurdle this is a much harder champion hurdle yeah, I agree completely. Look, Epitot was fantastic in this race last year. She was even better at Newcastle, in my opinion. Absolutely toyed with Soul Royal. But you're guessing here. You're guessing in regards to her well-being. Because she was so flat at Kempton. And yes, if she, if she's at her best, it might not even be good enough to win it here. So, whilst, whilst I respect her, I, I don't want to be back in her at 7-2. And I agree with... Liam's point about Goshen, the Kingwell was a was a bad race. His his main market rival, 
outpaced early, never looked comfortable, never looked like Wincanton was his track. Good to see that there's still a horse in there and still a massive engine. But like I said, he'll be he'll be taken on for the lead. And if he if he's he's gonna just have to try and go from the front and run the arse off them all. And against this calibre of horse, find it hard to see. Uh we've not mentioned Silver Streak yet, Jim. He's a lovely, lovely animal. Better than ever this season. Can you see him hitting the free again? I really wouldn't be surprised, you know, and and I'm surprised I didn't start banging on on about him in my part. Um, won the Christmas hurdle, as as I said, beating Epperton, and uh, has been running running the fighting fifth, and was part of the not so sleepy debacle, very very inches away from winning the international. Uh, had a winter break and, and comes into this race in the form of his life, really. Um, six in the third, six and third in this race before. Um, you know what he's going to do. He's going to run his race. Uh, he'll be there to sweep up the pieces if any of the top ones falter. Um, I'd love him to win, but I don't think he will. Um, he, I, he'll be he'll be there in the each way placings. I'm sure. Do you know who trained him on the flat? Was it Andofield? Good shout, Jimbo. Good knowledge, mate. Um, and I only think I know that because they had a similar horse called Winds of Fire. That uh, ran in the Silver Street colours. That's the only reason why. And she's on the flat with, or oh, he's on the flat. Well, was on the flat with Andofield. Fair enough, mate. Uh, and I'll just throw this one over to to you, Liam, because his form line links quite carefully with uh, closely with Abercadabras, and I feel like he's a potential improver again in the race. I really, really like Jason the Militant. I'm not sure whether, like I said, the way this race looks like it's stacked at the top end in terms of pace will suit him, but I think he's a lovely horse to go forward with, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, ran better than his odds of 20 suggested. What about you, mate? I think he's he's super solid. Um, He's like, uh, you know, he was only just beaten by Abacadabras at Punchestown, then... Um, beat Petit Mouchoir comfortably um, at Fairy House. Yeah, the, the the negative about him is he likes to go forward. There's a few in here. Um, as, I, as I said earlier, I think the jockey's going to have to be really careful with how they ride um, all of the horses, basically. You know, if they go too hard, they will end up paying for it. And with Honeysuckle being ridden by Rachel Blackmore, Jason Militant's going to have somebody else, not Rachel. Um, and I, I'm almost starting to come around that I think maybe Rachel's one of the best jockeys with the, in terms of tactics-wise. Um, so she would have been a plus on Jason the Militant, but she's not going to be on it. No, it'd be interesting to see who gets uh, who gets jocked up on Aspire Tower and Jason the Militant. Uh... Henry de Romhead seconded third strings. Really, really good race this year. We've not even mentioned uh, Boover Dare, you know, the former champion, although one he's showing at Haydock. He he won't be winning a champion hurdle if he's anything like that. Neville Nav- uh, Navajo Pass was beaten fair and square by Goshen last time out. And whilst it, I guess it was, a, it was a reasonable reappearance, he'll need to be taking at least what? a stone worth of improvement to win this. It might even be a better champion hurdle than either of the two that he won. And uh, James de Burley, potential, well, it will be a debut for William Mullintier, five-year-old, multiple winner in France. Uh, his last two wins at Artois came in grade threes, off since November, but fascinating 
recruit uh, for the Willie Mullins team. It's honeysuckle for me. I, th- I think the, what Liam said about you know the tactics, the way Blackmore may be able to just sit on the front on the uh, tag along to those going forward and just utilise the stamina, kick clear, uh, kick clear, and hopefully have enough in the tank to get up the hill. Well, we know she will. I think she's rock solid. I think she wins this. I'm still trying that we had 40s on her last season. Jim? <laughs> it, it's it's took me all this time to get over to actually fancy her for the race, just for the pure fact of my stubbornness. That if she'd have run in this last year, she'd have won at 40s, and we would have been on our way to well, Dubai. I, Jim, I, I'm not... Do you know what? I say that. I'm not as certain as that she'd have won last year as... I am that I think she will this year. I think she looks quicker this season. Yeah. You know, I mean, she, well, she was she was benefited by a fantastic Blackmore ride in the Irish Champion Hurdle, but she looked a much pacier horse this time around. Mm. But yeah, just rock solid, mate, rock solid. And Abacadabras for you, Liam. Yeah, I'll be I'll be cheering on Abacadabras, um, hoping that he can get a lot closer to Honeysuckle. Good race, good race. Really looking forward to it. You see, people people complain about the fact that you know it might not be the most vintage crop of of two mile hurdles around at the minute. But what we've got is a race at the Cheltenham Festival where we can make genuinely decent cases for about ten or twelve of them, which is what I love doing. As we move on to the three forty, the Close Brothers Mares Hurdle, and they currently bet best prices here five to four. Concertista, five to four honeysuckle if you're on non-runner or bet, but that that's non-runner. Uh, three to one Roxana, six is Danda Company. Black Tears is ten to one now. I put her up on the podcast at thirty threes back in January, so well done if you got on that. Twelve's Great White Shark, fourteen's Vadana Blue, then sixteen to one Ellie May, indefatigable, and twenty to one Minella Melody. Liam, I'll come to you first here, mate. Lots of people. I'll be having Concertista down as a cert for this. What about you? She is going to take all of the beating, without a doubt. Um, I actually think she's... I, I, I backed her last year for the Mayor's Novice the second time round, and she obviously won it really really impressively, really comfortably. And then at the beginning of this season, when she started running, um, she started off in a Mayor's Hurdle, and I was, yeah, I think she, she'll win that. Then last time, I just felt she's got a few... There was a, a few doubts in my mind whether she's actually that good. Um, but she won it comfortably again. She, she, despite having backed her previously and it was similar-ish rivals, I wasn't as confident. Thought, yeah, she won't be able to give the weight away to the likes of Black Tears, but she did, um, and she did it impressively. She's clearly got better, um, and she's going the she's still going the right way. I almost thought that Willie Mullins might go. Do you know what? Let's run her in the champion hurdle as well. Um, they're not going to. They're obviously going to take the mares. Much easier race. Um, she will take all of the beating. It's really boring. Um, I think Roxana runs here. Um, not the stayers. Now that Benny DeGeer and Honeysuckle and a couple of others are, are, are not running. The only one I want to have a uh, that I've actually I'm going to have a bet on each way is the horse who keeps finishing second to to Contratista in the fact that Contratista I think wins Manella Melody 
Manella and Melody actually went off 11-4 favourite for the Mayor's Novice last year. Um, got completely smashed up, you know, finished 18th, I think, at 22. Never, never going to win it. Uh, really disappointing. But this year, I think she's back up to the trip that she wants. She had to drop down in trip to the two mile for the Mayor's Novice. She's back up to two and a half. She keeps getting beat by Conchatista. But if Conchatista wins it, and wins it by four lengths, Manella Melody could finish second. I think she's 25s and Conchatista's 11 to 10. I mean, I'm going to jump in here before I throw this over to Jim because you couldn't have took the words out of my mouth any better about Manella Melody. My my reasoning behind putting Black Tears up at 33s a couple of months ago was because I thought this was going to be a race that was going to cut up. It's probably not actually cut up as badly as I thought. We've lost Honeysuckle from it. We've lost Benedigia. But Roxana looks likely to come here chasing campaign aborted with Damned Company. So that's two rivals that I got that are there that I thought might not be. And then I thought, you know, Black Tears had Cheltenham Festival form and had ran well enough behind Concertista earlier in the season. She's 10 to 1 though now. And Manella Melody gave her a really, really sound beating as well as Concertista did earlier in the season. She should not be double the price. The only issue there is with her is for a horse who is generally so consistent, why was she so bad here last year? But at 20 to 1, that's a chance I think is more uh, than worth taking. She might be one of the each way plays I make in this race. I, I kind of came into it wanting to get Concertis to beat a little bit. She, she wasn't a standout favourite to me, especially at, you know, she might go off odds on. She's a shade of odds against at the minute. But the more I rewatched the the kind of more solid she became to me. I adore Roxana. I think it's impossible to say a bad word about her. Such a likeable filly. Tries really hard. Doesn't go down without a scrap. And look, she's been better than ever this season. Won the race two years ago, but it's clearly an improved operator nowadays. Won the West Yorkshire Hurdle. Got to even two lengths of Paisley Park in the long walk. And, you know, really she picked up she, she picked up Magical Light and threw her off the top of the Ascot Grandstand last time out. <laughs> Absolutely exceptional. Harry Skelton just toyed, toyed with her. Uh, but has that improvement come about due to the step up to three miles? Not sure that I'd be going back down in trip with her. Damn the company won a very good handicap at the festival last season. I beat another smart horse in Cornerstone Lad over fences on her first start. It's not the most ideal prep, you know. The fact that they're only coming here because she came down last time. Uh, look, it, it can be done, but six to one short for me for that. Great White Shark might go for a handicap. And and in and with that as again, I think she'd probably need to improve. I'd have her about fifth or sixth on the list. But Dana Blue don't like the idea of her over two and a half miles. I would prefer in the county. Ellie May goes chasing. Indefatigable shouldn't be good enough. Which leads Manella Melody at twenty to one as the each way bet to chase home concertista. Jimbo. Well, I think the each way bet we all agree with. Are you? Summed up Manila Melody. My only worry is course form. Um, was very very disappointing over two two mile one in the Mayor's Novice last year. And that's my only worry about that. Constantista, I respect. I think has got a very 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 
good chance on what she's shown in the last couple of years. She's really got her act together, and I've I've been impressed with what she's shown this season. But I mean, Roxana goes into this. She's been an absolute terrific mare, winner of the race in 2019, uh, been really really impressive in her starts this season, and, and looked better than ever. The, the West Yorkshire hurdle, I thought she was impressive. I know she was getting the mare's allowance. Uh, she laughed at her rivals, as Louis said in a group two. Sandwich in the middle of that is a really, really good run in the um, long walk behind Paisley Park and Time Hill. And they're, they're two very solid pieces of form. I, it's not, I think, although she has stepped up to three miles this season, we've seen her at best. I still think two mile four is her team. And I think she's been exceeding her expectations over three miles. I think Concertista's got a right challenge on her hand to beat uh, Roxana in this if she turns up she's in the form of her life at the minute and I think I'm just edging towards Roxana over Constatista um, as much as I like Constatista I, I don't think she's bumped into a horse as good as Roxana yet she's bumped into a lot of the same horses in the last couple of starts uh, and I think she'll need to improve again which I certainly won't rule out but Roxana's a more juicier prize for me out of the two, and, and that's probably where I'll be landing. Do you, do you think she's just an overall improved performer then? Because I I think she is, but I have the trip as a factor in that. Yeah, I still think she's improving. I know she's had a fair amount of runs, but I, I thought that it was the three miles that was improving her, but I thought that was something that was just sort of finding her out. She just didn't have that little kick on towards the end of a three-mile race in, against higher-quality horses, of course. And I know that she laughed at her rivals last time, but if she'd have rewound the race back four furlongs the other day uh, at Ascot when she was laughing at them, she still would have probably won over two-mile four. It wouldn't have made a difference. Um, I think if you're getting seven to two about a horse in comparison to seven to four, I'd a lot rather be with Roxana at seven to two. Fair enough, Jimbo. It's it's concertista a pretty boring winner for me, but Manella Melody as a good bet at twenty two on like I said, I was keen on Black Tears when she was thirty threes. Don't think she should be tens now though. I think that's a little bit of a joke price at the minute. Same for you, Liam. Yeah, pretty much. I think Manila and Melody is a is a good each way bet in that race. Um, I think Concertista wins. I do think Roxana uh, appreciates the three mile more than the two and a half. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Manila and Melody is a great each way bet if we can forgive um, the Cheltenham form last time. It's in Cheltenham Festival form. And Roxana for you, Jimbo. Roxana for me. I'd love for her to win. I won't. I won't be a having any money on her I don't think but if if she's battling up against anything other than one of the horses I've backed I'll be cheering for Roxana one of my favourites in training as we move on to a new race for the Tuesday at the Cheltenham Festival it's the Fred Winter Handicap Hurdle uh, in, uh, taking the place of the dearly departed novice handicap on the Monday and they currently bet best prices seven to two for Kvilixios, who runs in the Triumph, nine to two Saint Sam, Zanahir's fives also runs in the Triumph, six as Hoodry, 
Ace Riviere, the tale that was Ophanian and Bustleton. Tens to Hoopoo, Nassalam, Cabo Cliffs. Twelves, Balco Saint, Hellred, Umdor, Coltor. Fourteens, Druid's Altar. Sixteens, Honor de Jonc, Sage Advice, Her Indoors, Glorious Off, and Tinner Haller. Twenty to one, bar them. This is the race I have the least amount of success in at the Cheltenham Festival. I don't think I have ever backpicked a horse to finish in the first four. Uh, so, Jim, make me look silly here, please, mate, and tell me who wins. Who Gree wins this? Uh, three runs in France, one in Britain, a third in the grade one at Chepstow. At, well, it ended up being in January um, and just wasn't good enough to beat Nassalam or Adagio there. A mark of one to eight really interests me here. Um, solid jumper in the main, although did make an error at the second last last time. May have lacked fitness last time, had a fair amount um well, had, a, had two months off and, and joined New Yard, just getting to know uh, the Paul Nichols stable and was looked after by Sean Bowen once beat and um, very conservatively ridden late on. One stable have won this race with Diego de Charmel, Quilando, Sanctuaire, who have all become French recruits. And I think off a mark of one to eight is, is a horse that really interests me. Yeah, I can see that completely, mate. I can see that fine reappearance uh, at Chepstow on his debut for Paul Nichols. Uh, Liam, what about you, pal? So you mentioned that you're not very good at the uh, Fred Winter or the Boodles. I'm in the same camp. This is a race that I don't do very well in, um, really struggle. I don't know why. I've, I've selected and backed two at bigger prices than what they are now. Um, in Rivier de Tell and Saint Sam, just purely on, I think they've been running against. Obviously, Saint Sam's been running against Zanahir and Quilixios. Um, I think when he finished fourth to Zanahir, it should have finished second. Um, didn't get the, didn't get a good run at all. Finished really strongly, and he just felt straight away as well. He's going to be running in the Fred Wind, the the Boodles, um, rather than. Wasting their time again trying to beat Sanahir and Quilixios. Rivia Detail. Rivia Detail actually had that form line with um, the Devil's Coachman, who sadly ruled out today. Um, and I thought it was a clever entry a few months ago at Musselboro, I think it was in January. They worked. They they found out the mark basically of Rivia Detail straight away by entering it at Musselboro. Um, hasn't been seen since finishing third in a novice hurdle, not a juvenile hurdle, and. Rivier de Tau actually came there to win it. Um, looked like he was going better than the Devil's Coachman. Uh, she just faded at the finish. She was only four that, you know, she's beaten by a five-year-old and a six-year-old. I think that's good form, and I think they know what they have with Rivier de Tau, um and St. Sam. But I, I'm, I'm pleased for myself. I'm on at bigger prices, but I, I wouldn't be able to suggest anything now at the prices that they are. And... Um, Anything at a bigger price now that I like? Not really. I, it's not a race I'm particularly strong in ever. No, it's horrific. If it, if it, if it were up to me, this would have been the one that went. Although, if you listen to Ruby on Road to Tottenham, he's, he absolutely loves it because he says it makes a triumph for proper grade one. You're not letting no hopers running there at 500s anymore. So I, I can appreciate it for that. But, God, it's a horrific race to analyse. Uh, the favourite's the right favourite. I think St. Sam's acquitted himself really well this season. Likeable type has been bumping in 
Do you know, to very, very good horses in Ireland. Won a couple of times in France during the summer. Zana here on his debut. Probably shaped like the second best horse in the race in the night Frank at Christmas as well. Just didn't get any sort of run when he was fourth to Zana here there. And I was really impressed by his second to Colixios last time out. Because St. Sam made a lot of use of himself early, you know, he was well ahead. And when Colixios mugged him, I think a lesser horse would have dropped back and fully dropped out of the finish. But a St. Sam actually kept the distance between himself and Bustleton and Umdor in third and fourth. It wasn't a case of St. Sam really stopping it. It was a case of Colixios just being better than everything else. But St. Sam, despite having gone quite hard early, kept himself up to his work and was a, and was a comfortable second. Uh, his opening mark here, 139, looks fair. He's the one to beat. I do have one at 20 to 1, though, who I think I will play with as well. And his form line links very closely to uh, to Jim's pick, who agree, which is home public for Oliver Greenall. Mm-hmm. He was beaten a neck by Hougree at Autoy in October when he was trained by Francois Nicole. Beaten by Tina Haller, who's a similar price here, at Catrick on his first start in Britain. And then went to Market Raisin last time out. And I quite liked what he did there. It was six and a qu- it was six and a half lengths. It probably wasn't the strongest race in the world, uh, even for Market Raisin. But he just, I, I like a horse who lobs along. You know what I mean? He he was travelling, and it wasn't travelling in a sort of smooth, sexy manner. It was travelling in the way that, like presenting Percy used to do, where he's moving, he's moving his head up and down, and you can see him almost tanking a little bit. And he was he put further distance between himself and the second at the finish. If who agrees sixes, a similar form line with home public, he's twenties, and he'll get what nine pounds is it? Oh, three pounds actually, sorry. But so it's, uh, I, I think he could be half a bit of value there, Hob Public. I was impressed by his start last time out, and the French form looks decent on the form line through Hougree. Gets weight off uh, Hougree this time. Shouldn't be 20 to 1 uh, for the Oliver Greenall team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Lou. I, I was looking forward to his debut. I really fancied him. I think he was up at Catrick. Yeah, he um, was. And I was disappointed he got beat that day. And I, I, I was, I, I liked what he did last time. Like you said, he bobbed along, got the job done. And, and I know they've been in smaller fields, but um, he's certainly of value. Anything else you'd like to mention here, Jim? Druid's um, Alt is a, a, a likeable sort for Joseph O'Brien, who's won this race with Band of Outlaws. Uh, fairly experienced horse. He has had five starts over hurdles and one on debut. He's run behind Zana here and uh, Tihupu. He's got a mark of 130, which is fair enough. He's about right. He's had the form franked of his win last time uh, with Zofian then going on to win at uh, Nace. He's also in this as well. I think he's a fairly solid each way price. He was quite eye-catching behind Tihupu. Um, I know he was beaten a long way, but he was the best of the rest. And I thought this race might be more up his street. And I, I certainly wouldn't rule him out of the placings. Anything else for you, Liam? No, nothing in the in the boodles. I would just be 
just be reading out form basically, which is no <laughs> no help to anybody really. No, that's very very fair. Cab Cliffs maybe deserves half a mention. He's been put eight pounds uh, in the official ratings since his easy win at Warwick last time out. That might not underestimate him though. He's been improving start to start. Uh, over hurdles and was very very tidy last time out at Warwick for the Skeletons but it'll be Saint, Saint Sam I think as the likeliest winner and I'll give home public a mention at a bit of a price Jim Hoogree for you Hoogree for me I think he'll take all the beating and Riviere de Tell for Liam Riviere de Tell lovely we can now move away from my least favourite race of the week and, and talk about what I'm sure is some people's least favourite race as well, the National Hunt Chase. Now, tough one to analyse from this far in advance, given that we don't know whether the current favourite runs here. Royal Pagani 6-4, he's also in the Gold Cup. 7-2 for Galvin, 5's latest exhibition reportedly staying in Ireland. 7's next destination, likely for the RSA. 8 secret reprieve. Likelier to go straight for the National. Eight, Ascaria, ten. Likelier to go for the Ultima. Ten's Dickie Diver. Hasn't even qualified. Ten's Longhouse Poet. Ten's Coco Beach going to Ireland. Twelve's Pencil Full of Lead. Sixteen, Snow Leopard S Remastered. Run Wild Fred. Happy Go Lucky. Lord Royal. Loads of horses who aren't going to run are prominent in this. Which means it could be quite an interesting one to find one at a pricing. I think me and you are going to think along the same lines again here, Liam, because the horse I know you like is 16-1, to 1, and he's the one I want to be siding with each way. Are we both with Lord Royal? We are both with Lord Royal. You said 16-1, to 1, I'm like, yeah, you get, yep, Lord Royal. Um, he just wants, I think he wants a trip. I think he's just shy of being graded class. Uh, things haven't quite gone right. Um He's a little bit different to the normal Mullins type that they run in this. They normally run horses that you could see running a good race in the RSA, and then they come here, I think, normally for Patrick to ride something that they think they've got a great chance with. Um, obviously, that's not happening this year. Lord Royal was already running in this before that. Um, yeah, I, I think I might have backed him for the Albert Bartlett maybe last year. Um, I think he is class, just things haven't quite gone right yet. He was staying on well um, last time at Navan. I think the triple suit, and I, I think he's, I, I think he's overpriced at 16. I think he's just because he doesn't have ones in his form. Really, people are, uh, are not really interested at the moment. I mean, surely, given how much this race looks likely to cut up, it's probably worth going in now. Definitely, definitely. I'm pretty confident he's going. Willie Mullins has been saying, you know, we are running him in there. And as you said, you you went through six, seven, eight of them there and said they're not running, which they aren't. They you know, they're going different races. If Royal Pagai did go off elsewhere as well, suddenly there's like two, maybe three lower short of them in the odds at the moment. Well he won't be sixteens come race day. I don't think he'll be sixteens come race day anyway. No, I agree completely. He's got to be got to be worth having on side there, Lord Royal. In the National Hunt Chase. Uh, you just brought up Royal Pagai there, Liam. Surely he takes all the beating, though, if he does line up. His form is, is very good. He was very impressive at Haydock. It's just the trip, really, for, for him, but that shouldn't be an issue. He ran at Haydock on heavy. That's normally further than what it feels like, or what they, what they actually run over. Um, 
yeah, he he could be that type of horse like last year. I can't think who Mullins was carefully selected. Carefully selected. Had, had all the form look like, you know, he was a, you know, he just got to jump round to win sort of thing. And then it didn't work for some reason. You know, the extra trip really does find some horses out. And that could be the downfall to Royal Pagai. I don't think there's any value in the price. What is he? Six to four, which I wouldn't be backing uh, in this type of race. Looking at past results of it, six to four, I wouldn't be touching it. That's very, very fair. Carefully selected running in the National Chase is still my least favourite idea ever. Nothing he'd done prior to that season made him look like a horse who wanted this trip. He couldn't jump. Always off the bridle. And he went off odds on. Oh, my days. If I was on the exchange by then, I'd have been a very happy man that day. Although, fucking suspend, uh, restricted me this week, Betfair. Not happy. Not happy. Give me my free bets back. Uh, Jimbo. It's, this is a funny race, isn't it? I mean, Royal Pagai. He has been impressive in what he's done this season. But what's he beat? He beat a load of Haydock's low boats last time, your smooth steppers, your Potter's legend. And I know he won comfortably. But this is diff- this is going to be a different quality of horses runner. Even if you look at that Kempton race, he's beat Double Shuffle and Cap Denor. Cap Denor's been quite disappointing since. But he's not beat an awful lot to sort of warrant his price in this, I don't think. And even warrant a place in the Gold Cup, I think he'd get lapped. Um, I don't know. I don't think Galvin will stay. Um, I was of the opinion he didn't want three miles, and then look what he did last time. He plodded on and, and, and won fairly comfortably, beating Soldier of Love. I don't think he'll get three miles six. I like the idea of latest exhibition going here, but he, he's now staying in Ireland. Coco Beach isn't running. Next Destination's a horse who I'd like to run in this race, but I don't think he will. Which sort of lands me on Longhouse House Poet, who relished the step up to three mile one last time on, on on proper soft ground, stayed on very very strongly. It was the first time we'd seen him over that distance. The Brazil horses are in flying form at the minute. Um, winners left, right, and centre. Um, been running over inadequate distances over fences so far this season, uh, over two, three, twice, in which he he ran with credit, but he was beaten a fair way in the end. Uh, I think he's a horse that's fairly slow. You have to be slow to beat Run Wild Fred. The big dog since come out and won at Punchestown in the Grand National trial. So the the form's got a, a, a bit of something there to it. And I think just think 12 to 1's a, a nice enough price about a horse who sort of fits the profile to this race. And, uh, and especially with the Brazil horse, he's running so well recently. Fair enough, Jim. Worth noting as well that Lord Royal also finished head of the big dog. Last time out, that is good form though. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not fully convinced by Galvin as an out-and-out stayer yet. You know, he's he's obviously been on the right roll this season. Very good Cheltenham Festival form. But when Gordon Elliott said, you know, back in October, this was a plan for him. It didn't strike me as one that I'd have come up with. Do you have any doubts about him, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. You said when he said that the 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 three mile six, the National Hunt Chase uh, was going to be the race. Was oh really? Okay, they've obviously seen something at home maybe that that we haven't. I mean, he'd won three times over two and a half, and then he stepped up to three, and then they're going straight up to three six, which for me was like oh interesting. 
I'm assuming they they're hoping that he's a a future national horse, um, and this could almost be like a, a trial for it sort of thing. But I'd like to have seen a bit more um, substance to proving that he definitely wants this marathon trip. Yeah, I'd agree. Although he 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 did. Uh, he was clearing away at the finish at Cheltenham, but I think the race on paper looked better then than it does now. It looked a little bit more exciting. Nothing's really come out of it and, sh- and shown themselves to have really be at this sort of level. You know, Soldier of Love's a summer jumper. Mossy Fen's not been right this year. You know, it's a weird race. A, a horse who, he will probably be a very, very short price favourite if Royal Pugai doesn't go on the basis that there's not much else. But I think he's very, very beatable. Uh, I'm glad we both like Lord Royal because it's not a race with very, very many interesting alternatives. Is there anything else at a price for you, Liam, that you might give half a chance to away from Lord Royal? Not that I want to be even suggesting, you know, if if people are listening, nah, there's Lord Royal, you're getting a decent price. I think he'll run well. I don't think there's any point really looking for something that might run well. Fair enough, mate. Jim? Um, it's Longhouse Poet for me. Longhouse Poet. Uh, Lord Royal for me, although the other thing I took from this race whilst watching this was forgot that Prime Venture was still a novice. I swear down he's been chasing for ages now. <laughs> and he ran twice in the Welsh National. Yes, yeah. He he, he won his first start over fences uh, at Sedgefield in November. But I think he's a third season novice now. But, yeah, it completely passed me by that the race he won at Sedgefield was a novice chase. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's in here. He's, he's a massive slow boat, and he's one that will get round if they, if they, run, if they run him here. Uh, now, before we go on to our rating the races in Cup with the man himself behind the mighty game, uh, we're going to talk about our top 10 to follow mini-league. Obviously, the Goshen Spice Super League. Make sure you get you're getting entered if you haven't already. A hundred pounds up for grabs, courtesy of the tote. Really, really good prize on offer for him there. Free to play, free to enter. So why won't you do it? I've got Pete Wilde's party horses. Jim's got lost the plot. Liam, talk us through your rating the races team as it stands. You've got Abacadabras, Altior, Concertista, Onvalen, Lord Royal, Monkfish. Paisley Park, St Calvados, Santini and Shishkin. Oh, now, hell. That's, that's got to be the place we start. Santini and your team. Yep, because he wins the Gold Cup. <laughs> James Watson has left the call. Oh, hell. I, I think this will be the first time he gets uh, the test that he wants, like he did at Cheltenham last year, when he, if he'd got got out when he was got stuck behind album photo. It took him a little time to get out after the last. Um, he would have run him down. He he ran in a, a bumper at Aintree. It wasn't a bumper, but no fences were there. He went to Kempton, which Nicky Henderson's now come out and said, like, I don't know why he's ever running him at Kempton. He's never going to suit Kempton. Um, but he said it was just because there was too long a gap between that and whatever race it was that he wanted to run him in. Um, Sandown didn't suit either. I know I'm giving him lots of excuses why he's not winning. 
Cheltenham's the only one I think he, he actually wants. I think he, he just stays further. Um, lots of fences in the way at Sandown didn't help. You know, he's he's not quick enough for that. I've been watching his race and I'm actually, yeah, that's a good run. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. All about the Gold Cup for him. Um, so that's why he's in my, my team. Wow. That's a that's a very, very fair shot. It's a bold call to say that in front of James Watson. Uh, going for the rest of the team, I guess Altior's a little bit of an interesting pick. Do you think he does shock up Bossoir over? I, again, I think Altior was last seen at Kempton for a horse that I think he's got the speed of a two-miler, but the stamina of a two-mile two, two-mile four horse, um, which only comes to the four at Cheltenham. Uh, possibly Newbury as well would suit. Um, but Kempton, it really doesn't. I wasn't too disappointed with his effort um, on his comeback at Kempton. Cheltenham's the only game that they're interested in with Altior. I've, I was relatively happy with his second as well. Fair enough, mate. Who would you say is, is the member of the team you like the most? The I think the one that a lot of people may not pick because I think I've gone for a fairly straightforward team. I'm trying to I'm trying to win the competition. You get lots of points for winners. Um, Lord Royal is definitely an interesting one. I think St Calvados um, in the Ryanair. I know they were thinking of going the Gold Cup, but things didn't quite work. It, I think he unseated or fell at um, Sandown, which ended all all thoughts of that. I didn't understand why they were going up to the Gold Cup trip when. I think it was a neck behind him in, in the Ryan Age. Again, didn't get out, uh, didn't get the clearest of runs. With a clear run, he wins. Why Why change your idea? I'm hoping that he's he's back to that form. So, yes, St. Calvados maybe is the most interesting in terms of, I think a lot of the others will be the favourites in their races um, and people think they're pretty boring. But I'm trying to win the competition. <laughs> If you listen to this, try and win the competition yourself as well. Make sure you get entering. The league pin is zero 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 twenty. So it's a fa- fairly simple one. Four zeros and then a twenty. So get joining the Goshen Spice Super League. We'll bring it back now to the rating the races nap comp. And Jim, I'll throw it to you first, mate, for Tuesday. Your nap, your second and your third best. My nap comes in the ultimate. Lieutenant Rocco, I think he, I think he's got a very, very, very good chance in that race. I'm really hot on him for that. My next best will come in the Supreme with Appreciate It. Uh, and my third best will be Honeysuckle in the Champion Herbal. Mine's looking very, very similar, to be fair. I'm going to nap Appreciate It. My second pick is going to be Lieutenant Rocco, and my third best will be Honeysuckle. And for Liam? My nap will be Riviere de Tell in Ooh. the Boodles. Yes. Um, Lord Royal in the National Hunt Chase. And, and I appreciate it in the Supreme. A fair amount of agreement between the three of us on some races, though. Hopefully, we've been able to pick some winners and we'll get the festival off to a good start. Thanks to Liam for coming on with us and thanks for all the support rating the races. Show to the podcast, we do really appreciate it. Not a problem, thank you very much. It's 
always enjoyable. Always, I love listening to them. I love being on them as well. Just talking about horse racing and form and angles is brilliant. Um, I enjoy doing it even on Twitter. Anyone ever wants to talk about horse, send me a message and I'll reply what I think about it if you're interested. Um, yeah, I love talking about horse racing. Don't we all, Jim? Thanks for being here as well, mate. And we'll, we've got three more to come later in the week. Yeah, busy week for for the both of us, but looking forward to it and getting our head down and picking some winners. Aye, happy days. Thanks to everyone for listening as well. Uh, make sure to keep an eye out for the rest of the podcast coming later in the week, and we'll see you all again very soon. See you soon. Stay safe.